Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. This is Eco Money on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly. Where are you sitting right now? In an office at home? Maybe you're driving on the way to a mall. Well, as city dwellers, we spend about 90% of our time indoors. But have you ever wondered about the sustainability of the building around you? Well, wonder no more. From the energy used to the carbon footprint, there are now tools available to help businesses calculate the sustainability of a building. For example, JTC Corporation has partnered with the Building and Construction Authority and the Singapore Green Building Council Commission, the National University of Singapore Energy Studies Institute, to create a new building-embodied carbon calculator tool. Sounds complicated? Well, it isn't really. And it's free to use and accessible online. I went over to the website and with a quick click on the demo, I can select the building material quantity and it will calculate total emissions. For example, I popped 100 kgs of natural concrete into the calculator and it told me that that's the equivalent of 13.5 kg CO2 equivalent. Now, the calculator has been customized for local industry use, and it can even adjust to include material transport carbon footprint if you have it. The calculator aims to provide the Singapore built environment industry with a unified tool to make informed decisions on material and product selections. And while this tool looks at embodied carbon, Singapore's green building targets are attracting global green building businesses to the city-state. Just a recap, the green building master plan target is to have at least 80% of buildings by floor area in Singapore to be green by 2030. Now, Corporate Facility Partners, or CFP Green Buildings, is a green real estate company from the Netherlands, and it has just unveiled its innovative green buildings tool here in Singapore. And I caught up with Olivier Norgen, who is the head of international partnerships at CFP Buildings, on the sidelines of the International Green Building Conference that took place in Singapore. Olivia says that the tool is set to simplify sustainable real estate decision-making for banks and financial institutions, offering a strategic advantage in navigating the complexities of the sustainable real estate space. A lot of people talk about logistics, like the food industry, but actually 20% of all Singapore's carbon emissions are related to the built environment. So there's a huge challenge there and for everything we want to do to keep within 1.5 degrees, which I already feel when I walk around here in uh, Singapore, uh, real estate is very significant. The other thing is the market is it's very distributed. Um, so there's a lot of uh, investors and then of course there's building owners and then there's the building owners who don't always happen to be the actual users or occupiers of those buildings. So the data you need and the insights uh, as a decision maker within the value chain, uh, you don't always have the information that you need to start making decisions to improve the buildings. Uh, yeah, and as I said, that's very much needed. 
And so when we're talking about emissions from buildings, we're talking about energy use. So air conditioning would be a big one. What else are we talking about? Air conditioning, of course, is one. So sustainable cooling, but that relates to um, insulation, which could be the roof or walls like facades, but also uh, glazing, glass. Then there's, of course, uh, LED lights, uh, which you can think of, but also the smaller devices like the thermostats, and just making sure that you optimize cleaning times. Those are all things that uh, you can do. There's about 60 or 70 measures that you can take to make a building more sustainable. And for each region, that's of course a bit different. When we would talk to stakeholders in Canada, it's uh, it's completely different than what we see here, but I think that's also uh, the challenge that we're, that we're up for. So talk to us about the tool. So this is the green buildings tool that uh, CFP has launched in Singapore. How does it work? What does it measure? Because the uh, buildings are, are so unique, right? Each, each building is unique. You don't always, as a decision maker, have access to what you need. For instance, which measures have already been taken or how much uh, energy is consumed or how much carbon is emitted in a particular building. We made it really simple. You only need four data inputs being the address, the property type, so what the building is used for, the size of a building and the age, so the construction periods. And what our tool is, how it's built up, is that there's algorithms in there that with those four data inputs, it will calculate which energy consumption benchmarks are there and which measures are likely to have already been implemented and which measures uh, can you still implement and what would the effects then be. So again, uh, very limited data inputs to at least get you started on the insights that you need. Then if you would have more, uh, like throughout this journey, if you would have more information at some point, for instance, you know, LED lighting has just been installed in this mall. Uh, then you can select that within the tool and then the business case and the plan uh, gets suggested. So could you give me an example of the type of plans that might be suggested? Would it suggest then um, what kind of sustainability roadmap you should take for that particular structure or what might it look like? If we take an office building uh, built in 2010, it's just differently built than an hotel in 1980. And the tool recognizes that. And based on that, it will give specific measures uh, that are yeah, useful to input. What we're also going to do for Singapore specifically is implement the Greenmark methodology. Uh, so that also there you can relate it to the certification there uh, that you might need for the for the refer. You mentioned the Singapore Greenmark, and obviously you're in, in a number of markets. What are some of the key trends that you see and uh, what are some of the best practices you see? There's a few things. There's the order of implementing measures. Uh, so you have the structure itself so the, and then mm -hmm. the fit out and the actual measures inside and how you use it. So there's a certain order in that. We work in the Netherlands with our own team of consultants in-house, but outside of the Netherlands, we work with partners like Cushman and Wakefield and they can mm -hmm. help uh, the clients getting the insights of the tool uh, to then implement uh, what they see. So it all starts with having the data that you need to start making those decisions. But if you would start... Uh, with um, yeah, asking for energy scans. If you have a 200 building portfolio, it just takes so much time and money to send a consultant or an engineer mm -hmm. to each of those buildings. It would, uh, yeah, it, it would uh, definitely not accelerate what we're trying to do here for that the insights of the tool uh, will help. We work a lot with banks um, because there's so many investors and there's so many measures that if you uh, want to get a, a quote for solar energy, you probably need to have a few of the uh, of the providers the um uh, the amount of quotes that you would need it just takes also per building it takes a lot of time so there again with the tool you directly get a benchmark uh, to get you uh, get you started 
and the banks they play play a crucial role in uh, getting uh, the yeah the finances in place. Uh, so the people who use the data, the insights from the tool, can then go talk to their bank, and uh, that's why it's for us easier to distribute, and we can still reach a significant scale. When it comes to sustainability in the built environment, it's a big conversation around, you know, when you're looking at retrofitting or implementing big changes, significant investment is needed. What are some of the yeah. low-hanging fruit there? What would you say on that front when it comes to investing or retrofitting and, and making changes, sustainable changes to the built environment? Yeah, normally uh, when you talk measures, LED lighting is normally a bit of low-hanging fruit. You would say like from an ROI perspective, but then again, opening up a ceiling and uh, replacing all the tubes, that's quite the, uh, quite the operation. So what we see is a few things. Normally, as, a, as an owner or an asset manager, you would have your maintenance planning and budgets. And we see that the surplus of uh, doing those measures, implementing them in a sustainable way, is quite limited. So it's, it doesn't affect that much the overall planning. And again, the tool shows you what the difference there uh, would be. Um, the other thing would be is that when you would ask uh, an investor or maybe someone who has not looked into this very closely, they might think that it takes about 30% of the commercial value uh, of a building to completely retrofit it. Where And we've researched this. Um, it only takes like 5 to 10%, which is, of course, a huge difference. So on average, we see an ROI of about uh, seven or eight years, at least a payback period. Uh, and then with only 5 to 10% of the commercial value of the building, the business case is normally a lot better. And we found out because when we started the company, uh, that's 17 years ago, uh, then no one was really interested in carbon or uh, sustainability. So we really had to present it as something that has a, had a quick positive uh, business case uh, through that. And so now if you would open up the tool, the first thing you see is what the business case of the entire portfolio would look like and how to improve it. What are some of the key trends that you see in the year ahead when it comes to sustainable buildings? In Singapore, there's the Singapore uh, Green Buildings Plan. And already a, a lot of is, uh, is captured in there. Uh, so there's uh, retrofit what you can because Within new construction, of course, the new building standards are better, but there's also a lot of carbon embedded in uh, in new construction. So normally you would say that about 80% uh, of the buildings that we currently see around us should still be here in 50 years time. People are starting more and more to recognize that. So one of the major trends that you see also large developers looking into retrofitting instead of tearing it down and building it up uh, new. Uh, but then again, uh, then you would need to know where to start and what to look at. That was Olivia Norden, who's the head of international partnerships at CFP Building, speaking on the sidelines of the International Green Building Conference. I'm Rachel Kelly, and you're listening to Eco Money on Money FM 89.3.